If you stay woke, you ain't gotta get woke. Welcome to the Woke Podcast, where we, as women of color, sit down to vent, rant, bullshit, and have authentic conversations. We're your hosts, Lexi and Chantrier. Let's get into today's episode. It's episode seven. You gonna do? <laughs> seven well will be seven episodes at this point um so if y'all are listening to episode seven thank you for sticking with us for the last couple months um that means it's been seven months no, no. six months six, we did two in yeah. wow six months half a year started in november <sighs> time is flying by um so last week it got a little messy because we talked about our exes oh, last in month, the past yeah. yeah last last episode um, so yeah, so it got a little messy. If you haven't checked it out, definitely go listen to that episode. We spill a lot of tea. I was um, cringing listening <laughs> to it over again. Yeah, I said a little, I said a little too much. That part at the end was I was like, give me a little booty call. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it might be our most relatable episode though, because everybody got access. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. But now it's time for episode seven. So Bessie, what's on your mind? Um, you know, graduation is coming up. Uh, this experience, at least for me, has been traumatizing as hell. Um, so I need, <laughs> I need some community healing. Um, and I think I'm most excited about this episode because we have a motherfucking guest. A guest! <laughs> and we ain't never had a guest before. And, and I think I'm just super, super excited. Um, so podcasters, loyal team, we have Miss Destiny Payne. You want to introduce yourself? <laughs> That's been heard this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you guys? What, like, what's the introduction? Does it matter? No. Tell whatever you whatever want to you share. want to let them know. All right. I am Destiny. I'm currently in this program with them. I don't know if it's been a tra- traumatizing for me as it has been for them, but here, um, yeah, yeah. Destiny Payne. She been with the with the squad for day one since day one um but you know i think it was only right that as we start talking about our grad school experience that like we've experienced grad school together as a community mm-hmm. and as a, as a friend group and so um with this being a woman of color podcast what better way to to do that than to invite our other friend who is also a woman of color uh-huh. um so oh, yeah. but i just kind of want to start like you know, let's kind of discuss just how the hell we got here. I mean, we are three people from different walks of life. How the fuck did we all get to Iowa State <laughs> in Iowa? How did we all make the same mistake? <laughs> the, <laughs> the same mistake. Three very smart people made the same poor decision. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> hell no. Do you want to go? Go ahead. Um, get to it. Oh boy. How did I get here? Um... How far back? We have a lot of questions, so how far back are we trying how, to start? How far you ever want to go back? <laughs> Since birth, you jump out the... What the hell? <laughs> or if you just want to go back to college, that's fine too. It was a cool night. <laughs> Warm summer to you. <laughs> well, adds up. It's about to be my birthday in a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> um, But, yeah. Okay, so I'll just start with how I decided to come to Iowa State in the first place. And actually how I decided to go into student affairs so it was um about october of of 2019 
And I said, fuck, I don't know what I want to do next. (laughs) I knew I wanted to go to grad school. Um, Previously, that summer, I had done a a public policy and international affairs fellowship. I thought that I wanted to go into public policy and do, like, ed policy, which I still do want to do. But I did that fellowship, and I was like, first of all, this is not – like, academia is not built for the majority of people. But – something about policy really is not built for me and I was like I can't do this I felt dumb like it was the worst it was worse than this grad school experience and that's saying a lot yeah and so I was like well I can't do that fuck what am I gonna do but I knew I loved education and I had great mentors in undergrad so I was like well maybe we'll just we'll, we'll see what they did and so um, one of our academic advisors, she was not my academic advisor, but she was an academic advisor and worked in our TRIO program, and I was in TRIO. She was like, hey, you know, I got my master's degree at Iowa State in student affairs. Why don't you check it out? She was like, I had a great time in the program, the faculty, great, whatever. I was like, okay, cool. I'll check it out. I, I So I checked it out, and I looked at a couple other programs and halfway applied to one program and only applied to Iowa State and then got in and was like, I guess I'll go here because mm-hmm. um, they paid for it and um, it seemed fine at the time. <laughs> um, it was weird because when I first started looking at the program, the only two faculty I had met were also the only two faculty of color and then mm-hmm. one of them left. Yes. And so, of course, like I think I definitely, my perspective on the program coming in was very different because who recruited me to the program were people of color and faculty of color. And so I was like, cool, this is going to be great. (laughs) And then I got here and things just changed. And they actually, before we even got here, (laughs) things are already dramatic. (laughs) Okay. They're already dramatic. Um, And so, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got here. It was kind of just on a whim. And I was like, I guess I'm doing this now. Um, not how I recommend people choose grad school (laughs) to our listeners. If you're looking at grad school, I recommend putting in more (laughs) research and time. Um, granted, I'm pretty sure that my fellow hosts put in more time and they still landed here. So I'm not really sure it makes a big difference, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, that's how I landed here. How the hell you get here? <laughs> That's a great fucking question. Um, I'm going to start a little further back than Lexi started, just okay. because I went into undergrad having no idea what I wanted to do mm. as a professional. And so like, I was really just going to school because my mom wanted me to go to school. Like My mom was like, you got to go to college. I'm not accepting it otherwise. If I had it my way, I was going to be working at an Adidas store and working myself, <laughs> working my way up the corporate ladder. Like, that was my plan. And there's nothing wrong if that's your plan, right? No, but that's no, not no. what my mom saw for me in my future. So I went to undergrad, was completely lost, doe-eyed kid, didn't know what to do, Was wanted to leave after, like, the first semester because I went to also a predominantly white institution. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, this is not it. This is not for me. This is not what I want. Um, and then I found my place, you know, in the office of student life, doing student activities, orientation, like welcome week, those type of things. And I was just like, I really enjoy doing this. I also found my community there. Um, and so my mentor in that office, the director of the office was like, you know, this is stuff you can do as a career and you can do long term. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, (laughs) this is not a job. Like, this is, this is just for fun right now. Um, and so he told me to look into student affairs and like to master's programs because I would, he thinks I'd be a good fit and he thinks I'd do well at it. So went and did that and found some master's programs. I actually found Iowa State because 
I went to our career services office to beef up my resume so I could apply to master's programs. And she graduated from Iowa State. <laughs> and she was like, you know, you might want to just check out Iowa State. You know, they have this social justice program. It fits kind of what you're thinking, like, and what, like, you have talked to me about and different things like that. So look for this program. Like, just, you know, look over it. And so I actually applied to, I think, seven programs. Um, they were all in the Midwest, though. I think three or four of them were in Illinois. Two were in Michigan. And then, what is that, five? So then maybe six, because then Iowa State. Um and yeah, it came down to, I got accepted into all of them and it came down to like, where do I want to be in proximity yeah. um, to home? And so I was like, I kind of want to be further away than the two hours. So I know I wanted to leave the Midwest right. post master's program. And so I was like, all the other places were within two, two and a half hours. And I was like, that's just not far enough for me. Um, <laughs> and so Iowa State was about a five hour drive and it was far enough and then it had what I thought the same way that only people who I interacted with were the same people you interacted mm -hmm. with and were the same uh, only people of color in the program. And so I had this warped sense of what was going to happen. They were covering everything. I was going to be five hours away. Like, and then it was a bigger institution, which is also something that I wanted. Mm -hmm. I wanted to experience what a big institution, what football games and things like that are like. And so that's really how I ended up at Iowa State. Wow. I'm now seeing a trend of how the hell we got here on this mistake because I feel like I feel like my experience is, is very similar to both of yours of like, you know, I got into college wanting to be an, a trauma surgeon and really it was only because I watched Grey's Anatomy. So I wanted to be a trauma surgeon, but I quickly realized I do not have the self-discipline to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. I can't be putting into 12, 24-hour study sessions. I can't do that. I'm trying to get drunk in a bar. Like, <laughs> I realized that too. I thought I was going to be a, a pediatric oncologist. Yeah. Mm -mm. I just don't, I did not have the self-discipline to really apply myself in that manner. That and I went to a PWI and so I was experiencing, you know, culture shock and racism and all of these things for the first time, at least in my to me, I was experiencing it for the first time. And so to try to juggle that as well as trying to be a fucking trauma surgeon, yeah. <laughs> it's too much for me. Um, but then I fell in love with student leadership and multiculturalism mm -hmm. and doing all of these things. And then my mentor, who was a student affairs practitioner. Yo, fuck those mentors. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Like, Damn, bro, you set me the hell up. Um, kind of told me, I was like, you know, Chantrie, you shine the brightest when you're doing this work. Yeah. Like you seem the most happiest. You're the most passionate when you're doing this work. You can make a career out of this. And I said, are you sure? <laughs> you lit. Like I knew there was some affairs professional. You pay for it. Right. <laughs> I was like, I know there's people who run the university. I just, in my head, it didn't seem like a career. It's you like volunteer work. Yeah, y'all volunteering. <laughs> um, <laughs> so she kind of pushed me into student affairs and, and I mean, it was something I was super excited for. And so like I applied to all of these schools and initially I wanted to move down South. I was like, I'm tired of the fucking cold. I'm tired of all of this. I need to get the fuck away from all these white people. Um, and so I applied to all of these schools, but I w wanted to make sure that I had some backup plans. So there were two schools that I had applied to in the Midwest. Um, one of them was I Iowa State. I don't quite remember what the other one was. Um, and so every time I told somebody I had applied to Iowa State, because 
I saw their social justice program. Yeah. They're like, oh my God, Iowa State, their master's program. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. All of this like whoop the wop the about the clout. The clout. Yeah. There is a lot of clout. Iowa State Student Affairs Program. And so I was like, oh my God, like this gotta be a great ass program. Like I'm gonna come out top tier professional. <laughs> like life changing. Yeah, I'm gonna be the best in my field. <laughs> um, it's like people going to John Hopkins for you know what I mean? Like I was I was gonna be on top. Um and that was always a dream of mine. Like, I wanted to be a change maker in our profession. And so uh, it was that. It was the promise of the social justice business. Because mm-hmm. I had applied to 11 schools, and eight of them were like, we would love to have you here come come to campus. Um, and when I got here, everybody was like, yes, it's social justice based. We talk about social justice, da 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 mm-hmm. I mean, I even asked the second years. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like, can you honestly say... Y'all talk about social justice in every class. Like, it's the root of everything you do. All of them, both place, looked at me and said, yes, this is the program for you. And I said, say less. And then COVID hit. And so I was like, I definitely need to be closer to my family in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I can't move all the way to fucking California or Georgia yeah. with COVID. And so because people painted me this beautiful life of social justice, and it was close to home because of COVID... It's kind of how I got here, and ever since I said yes, it's just been a fucking shit show <laughs> left and right. You, I love how you call it a beautiful lie. <laughs> <laughs> you know how when I drink tequila, I be telling y'all it be whispering sweet nothings to me. Yeah, the program did the same motherfucking thing. Had me drunk it on did. beautiful lies, and I said, "Oh my god, yes!" And I got here, I said, "This y'all got roaches. <laughs> this is ghetto." <laughs> it was. It was. It was the Rachel. Was, that, that's like what set it off. off as like this is just not it yeah. that's what we all should have known like yeah. pull out now because <laughs> i literally found a roach in our office <laughs> day two day two i remember that i walked into the msa office and i moved my chair so i could like put my all my stuff on saw a day roach laying right there and i said uh, hey, that's what you should have known i should have known I, I looked at jackie who is our office and i said uh jackie y'all got roaches she said, um, I know the university sprays. I mean, I've never seen an alive one. I said, no, we gotta go. <laughs> we gotta go. It's ghetto in here. <laughs> I, see, I, I should have known, and I kind of did know, but it was too late, I feel like, at that point to back out. Yeah. But, like, in the I summer, agree. when they didn't tell anyone, one, that the person in charge of the program was leaving, and mm, two... Yeah that like the funding structure had changed mm, yes and then i was like wait you're telling me right now that you're not paying for school after that's why i came in the first place mm-hmm. and i was like and, and it took like my undergrad advisors emailing and being like if y'all don't pay for this we're gonna tell all of higher ed right. that y'all y'all went back on this i was like dang i really should have paid more attention to that but see y'all had signed already i hadn't yes. signed when that money transaction happened i hadn't signed yet and so when they told me that they weren't paying for that i was about to stop it was illinois state i think i was going to go to i was at illinois state they're paying for everything and then they were like they like offered some also bonus because they really wanted me to come to their program for my first apartment so i was like bet like yeah bye you don't want to pay i got them offering more like and then they came with the money and i was like well now it's an equal playing field and they have the social justice certificate yeah Literally fucked us. I remember that. I was livid. Li- I was I s- freaking out. I said, you tell me I turned down all of these motherfucking schools for this school, and now y'all gonna spit in my face and tell me I have to pay the other half of my tuition? Mm-hmm. No. No, ma'am. <laughs> Another excuse was, oh, y'all weren't supposed to know about that anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, baby, I know now, so fix it. <laughs> and not only that, if we were not supposed to know, 
Like it was, it, it would be one thing if it was just students telling yeah. us about the funding, but it was all the way up to yes. like who was the who the was professors the, were telling us. Yeah, we not name drop, but my advisor <laughs> right. Like the professors told us like who was one of like the vice presidents at the time wow. spoke to us and was like, this is a reason you should come here. Right. And I'm like, so if we weren't supposed to know, it's a little bit confusing right. that. All y'all are talking about this. Yeah. And that's how we should have known it was yeah. going to be a mess. You know what's interesting is that same person who we were in conversation with about the fucking funding is the same motherfucker I hate to this motherfucking day. Ain't that the truth? Well, this is real awkward because I don't know. <laughs> you know Capstone. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh! Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, <put> that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. Mm, over it. Mm, I don't like it here. Um, okay, so, like, I think we, so we can either do one of two things. We can continue to talk about kind of, like, whatever our experience has been in grad school, or we can talk about what our MEDs mean to us. How y'all want to move about it? Let's start with the good. Okay. Not that we haven't, let me, let me be clear. (laughs) I'm not saying none of us have had good experiences. I've had some good. I have too. I think we all have. But we can talk about what our degrees mean to us, and then we can okay. go into like what our experiences have been like. I'm cool. I'm cool with that. You want to jump in? Let's get it. Let's do it. All right. You want to start? Who want to start? Go ahead. I need time. <laughs> y'all asked that question. I said, "What does it mean?" <laughs> I guess I can go. I talked about it in my capstone. Um, I think one my it's a flex. <laughs> it's no, a big flex. It is. <laughs> I think I just really enjoy being able to tell people I have my, like, I have my master's degree. Um, just because people be like, okay, smart. And I'm like, oh, I know. Um, so I think first and foremost, it's a flex. But I also think that, like, so for me, I wasn't a first-generation student in college because my mom has her bachelor's degree. But I'm a first-generation, like, no one in my family has a master's. And so I think for me, it's it's nice to be the first in my family to do something and kind of set that that tone and that standard um but also like my sister never got her bachelor's never got her master's and so I really am the first one in my family to do almost everything it's at some at, at times it feels like I'm the big sister which is annoying because I'm a middle child I should be staying middle child energy um but I have two little sisters that look up to me you know what I mean mm-hmm. like my little sister Naomi texts me all the time like hey what's this hey have you experienced this how do I deal with this right mm-hmm. and so I think for my sister, at least for Naomi, Liara is too young to have a cohesive thought. So with Naomi, she, I think she's very like sensitive to the world. And I think a lot of times she doesn't feel as though she's capable or has the ability to do that. And I think for me, getting this master's really shows her that like us little shy, quiet girls, we can get it to, I mean, I'm not shy or quiet now, but (laughs) us little shy, sensitive girls in the world can achieve these things. Like, yes, it's hard, but like you deserve to have the best of everything. Mm -hmm. That and throughout college, I got tired of not seeing people who looked like me. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like I really got tired of, I'll go talk to the white lady. Y'all both women. No, we're not. Right. Mm -hmm. We're not the same type of woman. Um, And so for me, I think my master's puts me in those places to make a difference and be a representative for people who look like me that and to incite change and I want to be I want to flex on these races as white people who are like and black people are statistics shooting guns and stuff baby I got my masters I got my man I'll whip out the blicky on you though I got my masters (laughs) I still got my masters (laughs) 
So I think that's what it means for me. Yeah. I love that. I think I think similar things for me. I think being able to like I am first generation through and through. Yeah. Like undergrad, grad school. So being able to just have a master's degree I think is really cool. I think going into college I never anticipated I wouldn't go to grad school in mm-hmm. some sense because I wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. So I was like, well, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to keep going to school. And so like it was always an expectation of myself that I would go to grad school, but it's one thing to think it's going to happen and another to do it. Right. Um and so I think you know being able to just say that I did it and like survived yeah. academia. I think being able to prove to myself that I can survive academia mm-hmm. and I can continue to do that. Um, I also think a lot of it for me right now is being able to be an example for my nieces and nephews. Right. The majority of them have been born in my time in grad school. Mm-hmm. And so... <clears throat> Being able to, um, you know, for them to be able to come to graduation and like they're little and they probably have no clue what's going on, but to be able to have someone in their life and know that as little brown girls and boys that they can do this right. and that if they want to and that this is something that they're capable of accomplishing. Yeah. Um, I also just think I like to tell people that I have a master's degree. I mean, I can't say that yet, but yeah, like (laughs) I really like that idea of a flex. Like I like to be able to brag Mm -hmm. about the fact that I did this for me. It's really powerful. And, you know, thinking of the things I want to do in the future, there's just something so that brings me so much pleasure in being able to tell like white men that I have an advanced degree and, like, you're not going to tell me anything because I promise I'm smarter than you. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, it's that simple. And PhD loading, baby. Yeah, so 100%. Dr. Logan's. <laughs> but, like, there will be a PhD down the line. And so it's it's a combination of a lot of things. And I my inner child is very proud of myself. Yeah, yeah I feel that. Yeah. Uh, what it means to me, I think, is the same boat as both of you. I think... It's number one, a flex for sure. Like it's something that I will not shut up about. (laughs) But um, I think in the bigger picture and grand scheme of things, right? Like my family, I do come from a family of immigrants. And so my family is from Belize and so they're not from America. Um, And so being here and like getting this, even Mm -hmm. though like, right, my mom was getting her bachelor's the same time I was getting my bachelor's and like my aunt has her bachelor's and like my sister and cousins have now gotten master's before Mm -hmm. me. But even though like, getting it is such a big accomplishment to like my family and so mm-hmm. not getting it or not even getting my bachelor's degree like was not even like a choice mm-hmm. because it was something that they one came to America and had dreams and hopes of mm-hmm. having maybe not themselves obtain it but having the next people in line and their lineage obtain it and so like I remember I when I told my grandma I was calling my grandma about the first time first week here right after work and I was like yeah I have an office and she started crying on the phone because she's like you have an office like that means you're like official that means you're like whatever and obviously my grandma worked in a factory for like since the moment she got here until she retired at 65 so like these are just big moments I think more than anything what it means to me is it means that I'm living the truth and the dreams of those who came to this land to make sure that I could right Mm -hmm. 
not destiny bringing up the culture and the, I said, damn damn uh-uh. yeah i feel like honestly i feel like and i don't know if you guys experience this too but like i feel like sometimes because we hold the weight of our ancestors and our culture and our people that like I'm constantly just running, trying to achieve the next thing. And so I never take the moment to stop and be like, oh, damn, I did this. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, got my bachelor's, boom, straight to master's. Got my master's. Okay, where the fuck my job at? Got my job. (laughs) I'm ready to move. Like, I don't think I ever actually sit down and, like, breathe through what we, like, have accomplished. And I remember, like, a month ago, my I had called my my mentor because I had told her about my job. And she was like, she was like, Chantre, remember your first year of freshman year? And I was just like, that shit is blurry. That was like a decade ago. <laughs> um, and she was like, I remember after your first semester of f- freshman year, you came into my office crying because you had failed every single one of your classes. She's like, and you sat there and you were like, I'm never going to make it. I'm not going to do this. And I remember telling you, like, people have done this before. You know what I mean? Like, you can do this. You can handle this. You just need to find the support and do all of that. And so to think that I literally went from having a 0.25 (laughs) after my freshman year of college to being like baby girl got a master's like I think that's just unreal and like surreal for me just because there were many many moments in undergrad where I was just like I ain't gonna make it Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to drop Mm -hmm. out work work a nine to five at like Maurice's or Menards or something like no disrespect to those people but like in that moment that sounded awful you know what I mean especially because like my mom's thing is like, oh, I had two, I had two young children, and I got my bachelor's. Right. So if she could do that, why couldn't I do it? You know what I mean. The only thing I'm going against is racism, <laughs> <laughs> which as a white mom, she didn't have to go through. But I think it's just crazy to just to sit and be like mindful of that because I'm just like, damn. Six years ago, I was never gonna make it. Look yeah. at me now, walking across the stage. Hopefully with a 4.0, depending on how catch <laughs> better be a 4.0 because otherwise. But no, I I think you're right. I think I realized that I never really reflected on my bachelor's experience because, um, and this was the same for all three of us. We ended our experience in the pandemic. I was gonna say the pandemic made that very hard for us to even think or appreciate the bachelor's that we got. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't. You know, it, it just didn't exist. And so, like, I'm in, I'm kind of, like, in the same boat. Like, sometimes I'll just catch myself, like, when I'm supposed to be doing other things and I'm just, like, getting a little emotional. I'm like, what's going on? I can't wait to leave. But I think it's, like, the leftover, like, residual reflection and experience that I didn't get to have yeah. ending my bachelor's degree mm-hmm. with this experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm in the same boat as you. I ended my first year on academic probation. Of, mm-hmm. uh, and, and to then still be in grad school and like have a master's degree and like have a successful master's career and, and feel like I've actually well learned some things um, <laughs> but um, to be able to go from like failing tests to like the writing that I can produce yeah. now is something that I never thought would happen and I think is something that to take that time to kind of like sit in and appreciate that like wait a second this is super powerful that you did this and you know I think for all of us to be able to say and I don't know the statistics off the top of my head but I think sometimes it's easy because our lives are in academia to be like there's there's plenty of people with master's Mm -hmm. degrees but we forget at times at least I do I don't know about y'all but like I forget how rare that actually is especially for 
black women to have master's degrees, it's easy at times for me to be like, oh, well, because I'm surrounded by people with advanced degrees, it's, it's, it's hard for me to remember sometimes that this is actually rare mm-hmm. and this is not something that is common outside of this like bubble of academia. Right. It's weird. It's a little weird to digest. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little weird. Um, I think, I think my biggest thing, I think the thing that I'm most proud of outside getting a master's is really just like who I've become mm-hmm. throughout this process I think at the like you know I graduated college thinking I was I know who I am I you know I know what I want and da 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 and I just can look at the first year we were here and like pinpoint just how immature I was still and like now one I think I'm exhausted and I just don't give a fuck anymore <laughs> but I think now just looking back and being like okay I could I could see my growth through right like mm-hmm. I remember in EDI listening to people talk about microaggressions and like racial battle fatigue and I'm like I learned this my motherfucking sophomore year why are we talking about this (laughs) and like being really upset that these these people are miles behind me and I'm just like why the fuck are we in a social justice based program and y'all are talking about bullshit like this and still have the ideas that you gonna fucking call ice on on a student who don't got immigrant like that's that's weird to me right and so And so I just remember being very like ungraceful and unforgiving and being Mm -hmm. like, fuck these people, fuck these white people, these racist ass, these ignorant ass. And like not understanding that like social justice looks different depending on the person, depending on the institution. Mm -hmm. And I think now just the growth that I've understand that like, yes, it can still definitely be performative, but... I need to be able to give grace to people because if I'm always willing to shoot first and ask questions later, I'm not building uh, an environment that I want of comfortability, understanding, and learning, right? Mm-hmm. I remember fresh, our freaking first year, I'm like, let's just fucking burn it all down. We'll burn it down, rebuild it. And now I'm just like, okay, Shantia, you need to take a step back because this is something you're passionate about, so obviously you're going to get upset. Take a step back, evaluate the people in which you're having a conversation with, and maybe let's approach it a little differently. Maybe we'll ask questions and then shoot. <laughs> so you saying you fuck with the people in the program? No. <laughs> Where did you get that? And that's a dance. Let's still fuck all them. Uh, we we've had two years to do the whole like reflect and listen to what yeah. they say, and they didn't they didn't improve. I'll give them uh, grace still. You know, I'll give I'll give them understanding, understanding enough not to cuss their ass out. No, the majority of them I will give understanding. <laughs> There's a couple that if we were not in a like professional or academic setting, if we was just on the street. <laughs> Or if I like we, we was in the hallway at my apartment and they they want to say something, I cuss them out. I wouldn't even listen. But there's only a couple of them. Like there's just some of them. I'm just like I we like y'all know too. Part of it is like I'm very about like vibes with people, mm-hmm. and it don't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. Some of them I knew on the first day I was like I don't like your energy. Something wrong with you. <laughs> Not the first day. Not the main orientation <laughs> in that building. <laughs> experiences the good the bad the in between what are the best what what things are we taking with us i have no idea (laughs) (laughs) so i I will say i think i think the best moments that i have are either within my assistantship just because i'm essay like being able to say that i worked in an assistantship who 
literally stops what they're doing and plays catchphrase in the fucking lobby all day. Like, I enjoy that, and I think I appreciate just the laugh and the laughter and the joy that I experienced in my assistantship. And then I think the other, like, best moments are, like, the moments we've all had together. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I'd probably be in the same boat where... I wouldn't say necessarily my assistantship, like my office, yeah. right? But like yeah. working with my students yeah. and like the ambassadors that I work with has been very rewarding. Yeah. And then I would say all the times outside of the classroom with my peers that I've chosen to be my community yes. have been re- very rewarding and refreshing and a good memory. And then obviously I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my partner that I got here. So, you know, have to acknowledge <laughs> that it gave me something. So... Come on, grads. Um, those are, love. you know, all good experiences that I think I had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think I can say much different than that. Um, you know, especially I think the last year in my job, the first year was like a little rocky. But since I got my new supervisor, shout out to Arnold because he gets shout out. Shout this out. is Arnold. <laughs> this is the second shout out he's gotten on this motherfucking podcast. Hi, Arnold. People could be like, who is this Arnold dude? Um, he's dope. He is. But, um, you know, being able to connect with my students and, like, being able to teach is, yeah. you know, my favorite thing in the world. And, like, programming can really, like, that. that's just not my thing. And I've realized that. Um, but I love teaching and I love being able to connect with my students. And, you know, as you witnessed yesterday, even if they don't listen oh my God. and they want to get an attitude, mm-hmm. like I'm their little friend and I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, at the end of the day, I love that. And then, yeah, like my friends and my community here, um, you know, the 25% of the time that I actually left my apartment to hang out with y'all. That's um, <laughs> 25%. <laughs> um, for the listeners, I am that friend who's like almost never around. I like being at home and I like to be by myself. So, um, but yeah, those have been really good experiences and um also had i not come here i also would not have met my partner i didn't meet my partner in the program but yeah i met mine in the program she tried me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i was playing i was playing i was playing you know what i will never get over me being funny i will never get over you literally saying that the the our whole first year was cutting your game because you had to wear your mask and people couldn't see your smile. <laughs> I said, "What happened when I take the mask off? What happened when I take the mask off?" <laughs> bad. Not bad. I can't believe you said I was dying. I was like, okay, Destiny. <laughs> what happened when I took the mask off? I think those are probably my fav- favorite moments with you is just like our ability just to joke and yeah. literally be fucking crackheads every fucking literally, day. Literally, yes. Literally. And then she look at me while we're dying laughing. She's like, you ain't shit. Never. I never said I was. <laughs> I never said I was. I never said I was. And so I think I think those were probably my best memories with you. Destiny is just literally us bullshitting, walking yeah. to fucking... Rachel's class and yes. some lady was about to hit us and we were just joking like I'm gonna be missing a leg <laughs> walking around just <laughs> in part of it we were like hey now we don't gotta go <laughs> literally just the stupidest shit we were doing and then you know obviously you like to just our ability to just be I don't have to put on a front with you like it's literally just I'm gonna just exist here as a blob and like I'm gonna be totally okay with that and I think I I really appreciate that just because like 
you know, we started this program with a whole ass, big ass group of friends, and mm-hmm. I think now we're. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my bad. I didn't mean to laugh. My bad. You can laugh. It was funny. It was funny. Um, and now here we are, like, you two are the ones that I'm walking away with, and I think mm-hmm. what I should have realized day one was the fact that like with you all I never had to put on a front it was always just like let me just exist and y'all are totally okay with that and like while Destiny called me out on my bullshit and I just be like I never said I was I wasn't (laughs) and Lexi's just like yeah same (laughs) I think I should have realized that day one instead of just being like oh these are really great people let me just vibe with them right and so understanding that up until this point all of my greatest friends are the ones that I can just simply exist with and Mm -hmm. so I think without both of y'all, I would not. Somebody would have got shot in my in my office without Destiny because there are days where I just could not stand a single face, and I'd be like, "Can I come downstairs? <laughs> Can I sit in your office?" <laughs> I'm like, "Come on, come eat lunch with me." She, I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think there's really value in like, you know, the like. There's always value in relationships that you build, but there's something unique about relationships that you build in school. Yeah. Because you're all collectively experiencing something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just, I don't know. It's like a, you just get to do it together and you know, hate it together. It's like, yeah. joining, it's like joining a sorority, you know? When they got, <laughs> now we got my sorority hood on. <laughs> you know, listen, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. I'm not in a sorority. I apologize to anyone who's in a sorority and may take offense to this. But you know how... They like haze you. Well, they don't haze you, but they haze you yeah. in that first like go round. They trauma bond you yeah. in your group, and then all of a sudden you yes. like love these people that you just join this group with, and yeah. like whatever. That's what Iowa State did to us. Trauma bonded. You're right. Like that's our. Obviously, we then took initiative to form our own relationships, yes. our own connections, and do those things authentically and naturally. Yeah. So where this wasn't our pinpoint, but like on a first initial reaction, that, that's what it was. We that, we were lifesavers, you know, yeah. life life preserves for each other to make sure that we were good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, they fucking you up too? Let's just get to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like that thing when you see black people in a space, you're like, mm, I'm going to go sit by you. And so it's like, mm, I see two black people, this is where I got to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is where mm-hmm. I am needed. Or I see people of color, mm, I got to be around them. Like, this is where it was. And then it just expands out from there or doesn't expand out. <laughs> Decreases. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, our group should never have been that big in the first fucking place. Yeah. But listen, I just got thrown into it. Listen, I was just one, one day I was just added to a group chat. I was barely in it. I yeah, left the group I chat. Was fucking there. I got traumatized. Which one we talk about? All the group chats. <laughs> Lexi said I get thrown in every group chat, and I pretty much left every group chat. I'm sorry, yeah. ain't gonna beat me. And I got kicked out of one group chat though. I day and being like where the fuck is destiny and then texting destiny and, and she being like i didn't even know i was <laughs> got kicked out i said what are you talking about <laughs> and then i was like you know what it's fine shut over here heated no like how dare they disrespect you know i was mad I was, I was more mad for destiny than i was than, than destiny was i said how dare they kick you up? i was like what the fuck is i said i'm getting to the bottom of this <laughs> Uh, 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 I was uh, like, it was that serious? It was never. Yeah, no. And the crazy thing is, is like that whole experience, <clears throat> like stemmed from the situation, like with like us and and that. Mm-hmm. And so like I wasn't even mad about my half of the situation. I was more mad that like, how dare they do that to this? <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody texted me like, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, 
Yeah, I'm cool. Why the fuck doesn't he get kicked out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm over here asleep. Because <laughs> you know how to wake up till noon, no. so everything was already popping by the time I woke up. Because I think I had woke up at like 10 and was like, where the fuck is Destiny? <laughs> Destiny like, hey, at least it's one less group chat that I got paid attention to. <laughs> one less notification. That part. And the same day I left the group chat, I said, if Destiny ain't in it, I'm not in it. Uh, the group chat itself dissolved that day. <laughs> there was no group chat. <laughs> I do remember that. That shit was wild. That was fuck. That was like the third flag that I should have been like, let me leave. <laughs> this toxic. The here. third? That might have been the 18th by yeah. that time. By that time, that was definitely like five, seven. It was one of those. I think I was, just, I was just like stunned. Like we all grown ass motherfuckers. Yeah. Gaining master's degrees and yeah. acting in this manner. I said, wow. I remember calling my sister and telling her about it. She was like, Aren't you in grad school? <laughs> I thought so. This is exactly the conversation we was just having with my students yesterday. Because mm. my students brought up the fact that they didn't, they don't get it because like no one acts like a grown up. Mm-hmm. They act like they're still in high school. You know? Yes, very much so. And I'm like, welcome to the world. Yeah. yeah. Because it doesn't matter how old they are, they gonna, they're going to act like they're kids. Yeah. Um, especially because like, you know, institutions like Iowa State, they, run, they are ran by people who act like that. Mm. So... That should give you the first clue right. that grown folks, right. that don't, your age means nothing. No. I was like befooled. I was literally like shocked. That and I feel like throughout college, I lost a lot of friends, but I think, I think, I, am I the bad guy? <laughs> no. I, th- I think my biggest issue with friend groups is I, I love people. And so like I get these really giant friend groups and then they just dwindle down because... Obviously, personalities don't mesh. And so, when it happened again in grad school, I was like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? (laughs) What the hell is going on here? You're the opposite of me. (laughs) I wouldn't have no other friends if I wasn't friends with you. (laughs) (laughs) You laugh, but both of y'all know it's the damn truth. (laughs) She says that to me every time, and every time I'm still shocked. (laughs) Um, Let's be very clear. I don't talk to nobody. Except you. <laughs> and that's not because I don't like the rest of no, our yeah. friends. I just... That's a lot of energy. <laughs> and I think especially when we had a bigger crowd, yeah, there was so much it was energy. so much energy that needed to be expended yeah. every time you hung out with them. Yes. Like, so much. And so, like... And that's no knock to those people. No. Like, it's just when you're in a group like that, like, that's what it was. And we were in the middle of a pandemic. And so your energy's already drained. And then you're like, oh, let's come hang out with these people. Right. And you're like, I'm already at, like, 50%. If I go hang out with you, I'm going to be at zero by the time I get home. Then I'm going to need, like, all day to recover. Mm-hmm. So, like, I completely, I barely came around our first year. Like, it right. wasn't really until, like, spring of last year that I started coming around. And then fall, really. So, like, I get it. <laughs> it yeah. Takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Should have saved myself some fucking energy. Jesus Christ. You should have. Jesus Christ. But I appreciate that you want to be friends with everybody. Yeah. You give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I just listened to the first sentence out of their mouth and I already have made a decision about if I'm going to be around them or not. First sentence. <laughs> no. But I also think that I think my biggest thing is like people always will show you their best at first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then I see that and my love of people. I'm like, oh my God. I'm going to put you in my pocket. You're going to be in my little community pocket. And then I put my hand in the pocket. They bite me. I said, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? And then I still be like, oh, they didn't mean it. And then they bite me a second time. I said, get the fuck out. <laughs> get the hell out. You get one. 
Well, um, not to end this conversation, but just to get through our questions. No, you're good. Um, are there things that we regret? Coming out of state. Oh my god. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Just kidding. I, I'm just kidding with that one. No, no she not. is. Oh no, she is kidding because if not, she wouldn't have met us. And you're that's right. disrespectful right. to you're say right. she regrets you're that. You're right. Take it back. I tried to. <laughs> 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 you took my whole life. Where my blinky? <laughs> oh my god. Regrets or things you wish you would have done or experienced while you were here? I think I would have at least gone to one football game. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I went to maybe like two tailgates, three tailgates, and like those were fun, those were fine. Um, but I think I would have liked to have been inside watching the football game, seeing the environment yeah. of a bigger institution. I think that's fun. one regret that I have, but it's not that big of a regret because it was a pandemic. I was yeah, doing what I needed mm-hmm. to do, right? So I think if it wasn't a pandemic, I probably would have gone to more games. Oh, for sure. I just didn't want to be that fucking close with people. Yeah. yeah. So. No bueno. I don't know what I would have done. Part of me wishes I wish... A part of me wishes I wish. (laughs) A part of me wishes I had done more professional development. Mm -hmm. I just don't Mm -hmm. think I did enough. Like, I would have loved to, like, teach a class or design some kind of curriculum or, I don't know, join a professional organization. You know what I mean? I just don't think... I did enough, and that's no knock to myself because I think I did as much as I could with the energy that I had. But I don't know. I just, I really want to be the best in my field. And I feel like, not that I can't be, but as of right now, I literally only have really two main experiences, and majority of that is in, in multiculturalism and social justice. And so I don't know. I just wish I would have, I would have done a little more. I think I would say the same thing. Like you guys at least went to a conference, right, in mm-hmm. your time here, and I did not. And so I think I wish, well, one that wasn't virtual, right? Right. I wish I would have done a little more of that, or even potentially presented something yeah. at a conference or something like that. So I definitely did not take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. I wish that I would have gotten involved in research somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish that I would have work somewhere else over the summer Mm. and we stayed here and I think that you know the situation necessitated that I stay here yeah yeah and and that's unfortunate that that got put on a grad student in the first place but I wonder had my decision to leave student affairs been different had I had the opportunity to have like a fulfilling summer experience right I wish I had not gone to grad school in a pandemic. That part. I feel like it's inevitable because if I didn't go now, I would have had to wait. Probably still wouldn't have gone. You know what I mean? Like, I would have had to wait so long. But I think there are just experiences that I wish I had had that I could not have had because of the pandemic. You know what I mean? Like, I wish we would have gone out more. Not, like, just to the bars, but, like, gone out and did things. Like, Mm -hmm. had adventures, traveled, and I just did not could not do that during the pandemic because like now that we're going into professional fields we really got to be like i'm gonna use my pto (laughs) sick days to travel and i've always wanted to travel as an adult and like i never did it in college because i was broke as hell and couldn't do it here because of the pandemic and so 
I think those are just things I wish I would have done a little more. Did a little bit. And networking. I don't think I did enough networking. So that's, that's that. What else? What other thoughts? I feel like we didn't really get into like the crap. I think we're all traumatized as <laughs> hell. <laughs> I think um, we didn't really. I, I think our listeners may have hoped for a little more. Tea. tea then we provided them. Give them a tea then. <sighs> that's all. That's this whole episode. <laughs> you want to know what I will never forget? Yeah. I will never forget we were in class one Someone time. Someone saying they call ice. That part. <laughs> I will never ever forget or forgive <laughs> that person. No, I think, yes, that. I will never forget during class one time, somebody's giving a presentation and they had called black people or African-Americans trendy minorities. Oh, that part. <laughs> and then our professor proceeded to back them up. I said, huh? They're just not a trend. I'm oppressed over here. Like, what are you talking about? My phone was blowing up that day. I was not in the class. I was at work. Yeah. And I remember my phone was going off and I was in a meeting, so I put it on Do Not Disturb. By the time I looked at my phone, I had like 70 messages. Because we, we were texting in group chat. Because I was like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Yeah, yeah. And what made it worse is they were a person of color as well. Like, mm-hmm. baby, what? What is wrong it with It doesn't you? add up. What is wrong? Or when one of our professors called um, social justice and inclusion weird. You remember that? We were in a class and it had, mm-hmm. it was, I think it was research we were doing. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, we're going to try to incorporate aspects of social justice and like talk about how these trends affect students of color and that might seem weird to you. And I was just like, our program is labeled as a social justice based <laughs> program. How Why would that be that weird? weird? I mean, we can literally look at our fucking capstone class where they said mm, talking about privilege, white privilege makes me uncomfortable so let's not do that not and that was from a fucking professor yeah. like you know what so I just that? yeah I think my like the the things that have stuck in my head for experiences one one of our peers relating their experience <laughs> um um with like their hair <laughs> to being that of a black woman and I was like that no wrong doesn't add up um and also recently this was last semester after um someone's project in CRT this person like sat next to us on the bus and you didn't you didn't hear what this person said but um they were just talking first of all after class don't talk to me (laughs) um but also the activity was like um trying to put ourselves in the like the experience of people who've immigrated to the u.s and all of the people on the cards for the most part not all of them but most of like the the perspectives that we were trying to consider were european immigrants And so the argument was that it was, if anyone in the class should have gotten upset about the activity, it would have been our white peers because it was about European immigrants. And European immigrants also got their culture stolen by the U.S. Who said this? Wait, don't don't say who said it, but why don't I remember that? Was I not on the bus? You weren't on the bus. No. 
And I was like dumbfounded. <laughs> I didn't. How did you respond? I didn't. Oh. I, I, I just sat there. I mean, and I was it's only like, like three people who it could have been. And I'm ruling out one of them <laughs> giving him the grace. <laughs> no, it was, it was it not was him. Not no, him. no, no. <laughs> Not our little baby, no, no. You think I would be friends with that man? <laughs> I'm just saying. Like that? No, that's why I said I'm giving him the grace that I know. Yeah, yeah it was, it was, it was not him. him. Yeah, that I remember, and I remember like I, I remember you telling me after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, she, she said that. <laughs> Where the fuck was I? <laughs> Tuned out, obviously. Uh, but yeah. that 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 one got me. I think that like that probably was my breaking point for this academic year. Is I said. I'm I'm over it now. I'm yeah. over y'all. I'm over this because I'm not at this point. I can't even try because we are over halfway through the program, and if and you are literally in the class about critical race theory, and if that's gonna be your perspective, I'm done. I can't. Yeah. yeah. Like at this point, to me, you're unteachable now. And that's why, because I don't really think many people are unteachable. But <laughs> our cohort was the our cohort was trash. It was so bad. I think our experience would have been different if we had a different cohort, because like. Arnold, like, we were kind of talking about this in, in my class yesterday, okay. the class I teach, yeah. that, like, Arnold's cohort, like, the cohort before us, like, don't get me wrong, they had issues, but it was nothing like what we had. Yeah. yeah. They didn't have the same issues with the faculty, they didn't have the same issues with people in their program, but then I have to think, for example, the faculty member who left was still here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I'm sure that that had something to yeah. do with it. Um they had more people of color in their cohort, mm-hmm. like comparatively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Um, and I, th- and so I think that created a different dynamic for them in class and, and being able to kind of call out a lot of those things more in the classroom than like we've been given the opportunity to do so because when we try, our faculty are like pushing back to that. Yeah. And like, so we weren't given those experiences. And so I, and, and I wonder too, like, how the pandemic kind of influenced that and, yeah. and what that looked like. But it sucks because, like, I think we all wanted a better experience than we had. And I also think for me, at least, some of it was also simply that I didn't learn as much as I was hoping to learn. Right. Yeah. And that's really frustrating. Like, when I come out of, of my education, I love to learn. I'm a student at heart. And so to not learn things, not to say I didn't learn, I learned things right but i did not learn as much as i was expecting to learn i did not get pushed as much as i was hoping to that was really hard and has been very frustrating because a lot of it was like i already know these things these are things that i experienced these were things that you know i learned in undergrad because you know we were all social social science majors so a lot of the concepts that we talked about there were things we had already learned and that was really frustrating for me yeah i don't know i think I think my biggest beef with our cohort and our program, outside of just people being ignorant, is the continual lack of engagement from our cohort members and specifically those who are white. Like, I feel like whether we were talking about social justice or just engaging in classwork, like, they just were not showing up. You know what I mean? And so I, for me, that's really annoying because not only am I here trying to engage and within our program... Our cohort is really who's supposed to be engaging us Mm -hmm. in learning. And so I'm not learning and you're refusing to show up, which is affecting the ways in which I learn and I engage, right? And on top of that, like, then when I'm bringing up things that I'm passionate about, it's like, it's like one, they either are never engaging 
or they're only engaging around topics in whiteness and then as soon as you bring up something social justice now everybody's quiet Mm -hmm. no babe i need you to keep that same energy when we're talking about things that that are affecting not only students of color your peers some of y'all got partners of color like it's i'm just not i'm not understanding what's going on here and then when you call them out they just are just like oh well like some of us just don't have the energy to do that or like i don't want to sound like i'm wrong or i'd rather everyone had spent the first year of the program being beefing wrong (laughs) and arguing all the time yeah to learn yeah then what happened and i think so i remember in capstone we had that whole discussion day right around the petition which was the whole thing god i wish i had been there <laughs> no you don't no you don't you don't you did not girl, girl i left <laughs> Desi said i got to go it was awful um but one of our peers had said like they felt attacked and that like people were telling them that they were a bad practitioner and yeah. all i wanted to respond was that <clears throat> if you cannot support all of your students yeah you are not a good practitioner. Yeah. You might be fundamentally good, yeah. right? And you might be really good at serving students with the same identities that you have. Right. But I cannot in confidence say to the majority of the white people in our program that they are walking out of here being practitioners who can support minoritized students. Right. And to me, then you did not do your job in this program and students are going to get screwed in the long run and I'm not okay with that. Right. And I think like... Obviously, most of the right credit goes to them being shitty cohort members and, like, not having lived experiences and not putting themselves in situations to actually learn or taking the learning seriously. Yeah, 80% of that, maybe 85, maybe even 90, goes on them. But I think there's also some that needs to go on the program because Mm -hmm. there's no way that you can have this excellent professor teaching EDI on one half of your cohort, and then the other half of the cohort has someone who has not been in the classroom for like seven years, does not know the syllabus, does not know the stuff, and gets in front of the class and then says, well, I didn't read this, so let me skim over it real quick, because then they're going to think that they don't have to read the readings, Mm -hmm. and they don't have to do the work or think critically and do stuff like that. And so you're already setting them up like to fail in other classes and having those discussions because they don't have the same back like mm-hmm. right and this isn't me making an excuse for our cohort but i'm thinking at some point the program should have thought their decision through on who taught that edi class right. mm-hmm. yeah i don't know that and i think a lot of our white professors really set the tone for our, our white peers to be disengaged and not be okay yeah because one, they were never checking on people. Why are you not speaking in class? You know what I mean? Like, there was never that accountability. That and half the time when we, as students of color, brought up the minoritized perspective or, or wanted to challenge and be like, hey, this is all great. It's great, and Danny, you're teaching me student development theory. Yeah. How does this affect students that look like me? Then our professors would disengage. Yeah. Or they'd be like, oh, that, that was a great point. Thank you for sharing. And then nothing else. Listen. But when our white peers said something... You get smiles and jokes mm-hmm. and proceeding open-ended questions. And it's just like, you're teaching these students that that behavior is okay. And then that is affecting me as a learner in this space. Like, after not going to Capstone all, all of those weeks and then having to go for our presentation, walking in, it literally felt like I was walking into a KKK meeting. All these white <laughs> people were in cahoots with each other just like... Well, no one was there. No student of color started going to class after that. And, and that's disgusting. Like, you're telling me after all of these two years of 
in my opinion, constantly trying to challenge you all on your perspective that in one one semester, after three weeks, I can remove myself from this classroom and y'all out here having KKK meetings. Mm-hmm. Make it make sense. <laughs> like anyone who would have challenged or spoke up or said anything in that class stopped going yeah. because it was just not an, it was not a comfortable space to be in. It wasn't where you wanted to be. It wasn't where you felt validated. It's not where you felt safe to share ideas. It's none of those things. And so now it was just a bunch of white kids sitting together talking about how great it is to be a white person. And like, yeah. Of course, they're not going to gain anything or learn anything or want to challenge anything, you know? And and the few people who I think that were in there were already so burnt out. So, like, wait a second. Like, there's a difference between a whole bunch of white people clicking together and a whole bunch of people of color clicking right. together. Because it's, ju- like, people of color do that as a form of preservation. Yeah. And <clears throat> so they didn't think critically about that, which wouldn't have expected them to. But... Um, I also think that I forgot what I was going to say. I'm not even going to (laughs) lie. I had a whole other point and I was like, you know what? Yeah. I I definitely think that because of who we were, how we decided to create a friendship as people of color before the program started really did put not us personally at a deficit, but allowed others to look at us sideways. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. How dare you? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that. And I don't know how it happened, right? Because once again, I said I just got added to a group chat. So I don't know how the original, you know, group <laughs> formed. But I think it <laughs> also, like, allowed them because there are people of color in our program that we didn't include yep. in our friendship of, uh, in our circle. And so it was, like, easy for them to say, well, they're not just all friends because of race or they would have included mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Right. And they didn't. Right. And it's like, so it just gave them a lot of cop-outs and a lot of reasons to be bitter and upset that they were home alone and didn't have friends in their mm-hmm. grad program and whatever, whatever, and call us out in class, like. Which I just think is ridiculous. I remember what I was going to say now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's kind of to your point is like, they all had that attitude. And my immediate reaction to that is we are adults. Yeah. Regardless of your personal feelings you had every opportunity to reach out. Mm-hmm. And also, you can't be like you can't be upset if somebody don't like you. That's one thing. And maybe that's just a me thing, but that's one thing. I don't give a fuck. You either like me or you don't, and that has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like we can still be respectful of each other. Two points. Some of them again, not anymore. But um like we don't all have to be best friends. No. Right. And do I wish that as a cohort we would have had more opportunities to at least create like camaraderie because I think that would have improved the classroom experience? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did COVID have an impact on that? Yes. But did the attitudes of our peers coming into the program have an have an impact on that? Also, yes. And so at the end of the day, like they are also grown. So it's not like you know, I don't think that you get to be butthurt or blame other people for not having relationships. It's on you to build those relationships. Right. Okay. That's, all, <laughs> that's all I gotta say. But but we done now. And fuck all of them. Don't you dare ask me to add you on LinkedIn. <laughs> reference. If you come into my university, I'm telling them straight up, don't hire a <laughs> Got all to be. You better hope you don't see me in the profession. But that's not to say the cohort model doesn't work. 
That's correct. Yes, I think it is. It, yeah. I think the cohort model is a good model. I think it it is meant to create camaraderie and like community learning and all of that stuff. Because imagine if we had to listen to our our professors lecture for three and a half hours straight. I mean, we did in that one class. That was awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say the cohort model works, but I think we just got dealt mm-hmm. that shit hand. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I don't think our program did anything to assist. So, no. Which is like, what, what the fuck are y'all here for anyways, man? Or like when, you know, you reach out to your faculty and be like, hey, this huge thing just happened in society, <laughs> um, a.k.a. people storming the Capitol and y'all didn't say nothing. And their response is, well, we're people too. So we just all get the shit end of the stick. Like you're supposed to be the one supporting us and your institution is supposed to be the one supporting y'all as faculty. Right. Why? That and the way people were so upset about that blew me because y'all are so upset about this well yes it is a traumatic thing and our program is supposed to be here to support us y'all were more mad about this than you were about people in your cohort telling you that they were going to call ice on a student who was an immigrant that part like it's not adding up it's yo not. they had to be fake mad because some of their uncles and aunts was out there at the <laughs> capital like they, <laughs> they had to be fake enraged they said i'm gonna clean up this mess for my uncle i'm mad about this how dare they <laughs> disassociate me from my uncle and my cousins i don't do that oh my lord <laughs> you know you, you was gonna be at that capital too you know if they invited you put, buy, buy your plane ticket <laughs> damn motherfucking hey, we don't know if any of them was there probably some of them was probably at the motherfucking capital i could see a few of them <laughs> me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> no cap hey we we gotta see who's uh who Who's gonna go to Ben Shapiro next week? That that tell us. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's fucking. I literally hate being here. It's literally so disgusting. <laughs> then I feel bad because then people are like, "Oh, should I go to grad school?" And my only experience is no. <laughs> I think you. Sh- I think you if should. you think grad school is for you, go to grad school. Don't come here. Just though. make sure. <laughs> just make sure that you do your research mm-hmm. and do your research diligently. And, like, ask the right questions when you're on campus. Like, do all the things to make sure that this is the place for you. Mm-hmm. And then once you've done that and you're solidified in your answer, then go. And make. And then once you're there, even if you get dealt all the shit cards, make the most out of the experience mm-hmm. that you have. Because at the end of the day, like, we all knew we were in a shitty situation, but we chose to then hang out with each other and forget the shitty situation that we mm-hmm. were in. Therefore, making the most out of a tough situation. Yeah. And so choose to do that and choose Mm -hmm. to feel it feel it into that and be realistic like higher ed in general is not built for people of color like and especially advanced degree Mm -hmm. programs and so sure like we had a lot of like negative experiences here but i think there's also some of like it's never going to be perfect anywhere you go and so it's about the attitude that you have and like destiny said like the what you make of the experience because it doesn't matter where you go in higher ed it's you're you're paving your you're paving your own way because it was never built for you in the first place right agreed i agree well i know this episode (laughs) so sorry listeners we know this episode is gonna be long um but thank you so much destiny for being on our podcast being our first Guess <laughs> No, of course. It was an honor. It was an honor. I get the I get to be the first guest 
Gotta set the bar. I don't know if I said it high or low, but <laughs> yo, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Thank you, Destiny. I think I think like obviously I love podcasting with Lexi. We meet around fucking episode seven, um, but I think it was nice just to have another perspective and like you, you are a part of our experience, right. and so I think it was only right to bring you in that and hopefully. I don't know how much healing we did here. I think we did more shit talking. <laughs> you know, but part of that's healing. Period. Exactly. Part Period. of that's healing. So, thank you to Destiny. To all our uh, listeners, wish Destiny the best on her endeavors as she graduates. Woo! Yo. Okay, we can wrap it up. Bye! Bye! Thank you for tuning in to The Woke Podcast. We drop new episodes every month with new rants and conversations. It's Lexi and Chantrier signing off.